Good morning. Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. We're very glad that you've come to worship with us this morning. Uh, we're excited about what God has in store for us this year. Uh, I know uh, Daniel's going to be sharing about, about some of those things this morning. Uh, I'd like to call us to worship this morning from Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Again, if you're a guest, we're so glad that you've come to worship with us this morning. And uh, guest and member alike, uh, we have a connection card uh, in the bulletin. If you could just fill that out and drop that in the offering bucket if you're a guest, that can be your gift to us today. Just let us know a little bit about yourself. And uh, for our members, if there's a way that you're looking to plug in, you're interested in, in getting involved with a ministry and serving in a specific area, uh, maybe joining some uh, a Bible study or anything, and you want to know more information about it, just fill that out, drop it in the offering bucket this morning. Uh, we are so glad uh, to worship this morning. David? Thank you, Zach. There's a lot of announcements in the bulletin you want to read, but one of them is kind of a major change. Uh, beginning Wednesday night, our sanctuary choir rehearsal will be at 6.30. And we're off to a running start this January. It's going to be exciting spring, but we need you to know at 6.30 instead of 7.30. And a lot of other good changes taking place as well that Pastor Daniel will probably talk about. We're going to begin by singing, Come Into His Presence. Let's stand as we sing.
Would you? You hear that coming in with a blast this morning? Okay. Would you join me as we go to our safe and pray? Father, how truly great you are. How privileged we are to draw before you, draw near to you, and to know that you are in our midst that you live within our hearts and that we can rejoice in the assurance that you have given us through your son's shed blood on the cross of Calvary. How marvelous, how wonderful, Father, that you could speak and this world would come into existence, that you're sovereign, you're in control. You're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Thank you for your word that seeks to instruct us how we're to live and to walk day by day, how we're to relate to others, what's your mission that you've given unto us to share your word, the good news, that salvation is available for all. And we thank you for our Broadway Baptist Church, the ministers here, our teachers, our leaders, our deacons, our pastor, our worship. Lord, all of us working together can accomplish so much more. We pray this morning for our pastor as he brings your word. May our ears and hearts be open to receive your message. For those that are burdened down this morning, many with illnesses, many with grief, grief and sorrow, comfort their hearts. And for that one that does not know you as personal Lord and Savior, may be this time today in Jesus' name. Amen.
know the little comment cards you fill out, prayer requests, and some people put comments on those. Sometime back, someone requested that we sing the hymn, I Must Tell Jesus. Didn't sign it, so I don't know if you're here today, if you made that request, but we're going to sing I Must Tell Jesus this morning. It's a great song. Let's sing it together.
pray with me, please. Gracious Lord, I just want to thank you for this day that we can all gather here and just worship your name and just hear your word proclaimed. Lord, just be with us through this day. Just open up our hearts, open up our minds. Uh, speak, speak to us the words that you want us to hear. Lord, please be with this tithe. Let it uh, just further your kingdom, Lord. Lord, we also want to lift up all of those that are on our prayer list. Uh, you know the needs, the sickness, the, the, Ill, the illness. You know, just pray that your will be done in each and every one of these, Lord. Uh, just be with us throughout this day, for we ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.
Thank you, Pat. Uh, we have uh, does our video. Hopefully, our videos work. Uh, we have two videos. Let me turn our microphone down. We have uh, <coughs> that we had nine college students and three chaperones go to Atlanta this past week for Passion Conference, and that's Miss Haley Lyons and Mr. Ryan Graham sharing their story about what happened. So it's certainly encouraging to hear about that. And we actually have another video here. I guess it's going to work. It's, um, it's going to be for our upcoming Wednesday night Bible study. We'll, we'll talk about this here in a minute. All right, we're ready. You've been a good enough father. I don't want to be a good enough father. Let's go, let's go. Don't quit. Don't quit. Hey, you know what? I thought your jump rope routine was really good. I just got a notification that you moved money from our savings into your checking account. Can we talk about this later? You must be the real estate agent. Well, it's so good to meet you. Let me show you the house. This is my favorite place in this house. I call it my war room. You wrote prayers for each area of your life. Prayer strategy. I sure could use some of that. Tony, you should go see your practice tomorrow. I'm out of town this week. When were you going to tell me? I just did. Tony! That was my favorite rep. Real good. I wish I lived at your house. Whenever my parents are together, we just fight. Dude, I can't get a pass from you. It'd be easier to baptize a cat. I just need you to blow off a little steam, okay? There's one thing we do well. It's fight. You do not want World War III to break out in your home. No. No, I don't. Just because you argue a lot doesn't mean that you fight well. You got to plead with God so that he can do what only he can do. Then you got to get out of the way and let him do it. You need to do your fighting in prayer. Keep fighting the good seen anybody do what you did it's time for you to take off the gloves and fight for your marriage Keep fighting the lord we need an army of believers lord call us to battle raise them up lord raise them up. Fighting the good, fighting the good, fighting the 
that there, we have a Bible study starting this coming Wednesday at 6.30. It's during our uh, 6.30 uh, Bible study and prayer time. It, Kelly Sword's going to be leading it. Kelly, will you raise your hand so folks see? So Kelly, now it is meeting in downstairs off the one of the rooms in the fellowship hall. Uh, Kelly has over, it's a ladies Bible study. It's called War Room. It's a Bible study on prayer. I want to buy all the ladies here in our church. It's a new year. Great way to connect. And is it eight weeks? Is that how long? Only five weeks, so it's the month of January, go first week into, Fe- uh, into February. You're invited to, to be a part of this. Uh, you can sign up online, just go on the website, click on the link and sign up, or you just show up. So uh, you don't have to sign up. You just show up. She already has 20-something ladies already signed up. It's very encouraging. So I want to invite all the ladies to participate in this study. That's certainly there. I'm excited for our college students. That first video was their story, their, their testimony, sharing about uh, the good things that happened. We had um, a great group go down to Passion. In fact, one of the ladies that was in um, a war room, Priscilla Shire, she's one of the speakers there, there at Passion, certainly sharing uh, what the Lord's uh, doing in her life. Something else going on this week, this coming Saturday morning, Zach Bauer, our minister of students here at church, has 19 teenagers and four chaperones, four adults. They are going to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. They're going down there for winter retreat, so we'll be praying for them. So they'll all be gone next week. It's going to be on Saturday, Sunday, and then uh, Martin Luther King is that Monday, so they'll be coming back that day. So we'll hopefully have a story from them to be given an update on uh, what God's doing uh, down there. So it's ex- exciting to see some of the good things that are going to be uh, going on that will also be beginning uh, this coming week here at our church. If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, you certainly always want to bring your Bible to church, open the, your Bible to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through 32. Then we're going to actually look at three different places here in our Bibles of the day. We're going to flip over and look at, this is a message here about being a doer of God's Word. A lot of times we come to church and we, we as uh, it's been said before, you can sit soaking sour, meaning you just take stuff in and you, you hear sermon after sermon. It's a new year, God has a new plan for you. And then it, it moves on with that. And then we're going to actually see here moving from being a hearer of God's Word, of listening to what the Lord says, to actually becoming a doer of God's Word. This is very important in your spiritual growth. God expects us to take action. That actually shows we're saved. It actually shows we have a relationship with Him. We're going to flip over in a little bit to James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. Then we're going to flip over and see what the Bible says about being a living sacrifice there in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. You know, the main point we're going to see here is God doesn't just want obedience. Obedience is good, but he he wants to take you to even a new level with your obedience that it becomes a desire, that you you have a passion that you want to live your life in obedience to what the Lord wants you to do. That it's not a, you don't have to think about it. If you have to think about going to church, If you have to think about attending Sunday school or Wednesday night, think about reading the Bible daily and think about having a prayer life, something's still missing. You haven't arrived yet. Your DNA as a believer, and we're going to see where we end up here, a living sacrifice means you have died to the Lord. He owns you. Everything about you is His. We're going to see this illustrated here. This this really begins our, uh, our January sermon series on stories, and that's we're going to be looking at the parables here of Jesus, and we're going to see here the parable of the two sons uh, before we turn to James as well as Romans. 
And um, throughout this month, you'll be hearing testimonies. Next week, we want to hear the testimony from the teenagers. There and um, they'll be given, I guess, their, t- uh, their, their testimony via um, uh, Pigeon Forge. So we'll, we'll get it through video through that. Share, sharing the stories of what God's doing here in uh, folks' lives here at Broadway with that. Uh, this past week, this is a true story. I was sitting on the couch, and this is, might have happened to you. And we do laundry every day at our house. I'm sure you do the same. All you do, I mean, you just you go home. You're going to go home this afternoon. You're going to wash clothes. It's it's the never-ending job. And I was sitting on the couch, and our our dryer and the washing machine are downstairs. We have one of these split-level homes. Still not used to it. Just go up and downstairs all day long. And I'm upstairs, and the dryer and washing machines downstairs. And Sherry asked me to bring the clothes in the dryer. Little you know, little 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 sound went off. And when you hear the sound, you bring the clothes upstairs in the basket, and you fold them. And she asked me to bring them upstairs, so Daniel, will you grab the clothes? And I had good intentions of doing that. Will you bring the clothes upstairs? Say, absolutely, Sherry, I'll do it. I said, yes. Five, six minutes later, I watched Sherry walk downstairs, I'm watching TV, and she's carrying the clothes upstairs. Now, in my heart, and this is, this is I mean, this happens to all of us. You say you're going to do something. You have good intentions to do it. I mean, there's nothing wrong. We'll do laundry. I'll have a new opportunity today to do, help out with the, clo- with the clothes. And you have good intentions of doing something, but for whatever reason, you just didn't do it. And that's the story we're going to see. I think a lot of times, you, this is the exact story Jesus tells. It's the two sons. One says, God, Father, I'll do it. Put me down with pure motives. But then he didn't do it. And, somebody, and then the guy who says, no, I'm not going to do it. It's almost better if you say, no, I'm not going to do laundry. Then you feel bad. Well, I guess I should do it. I came across a little mean, hateful, spiteful. You know, it's my clothes she's doing. So and then you, you get up and do it. Well, that's the story we're going to see here. And I think what we're going to see, what Jesus is telling us today, is we respond to the Lord that same way. We have an attitude that either we tell him yes or no. I mean, when you serve the Lord, you, it's a yay or nay. That's it. You're either going to be obedient to God, or you're not. Or you're going to say you're going to be obedient to God, and you're not. Or you're going to say, no, God, I'm not going to be obedient. You fall under conviction. The Lord speaks truth into your life, and then you go out and do it. So look at this story here. This is a parable, meaning it represents something else. Matthew chapter 21, verse 28. What do you think, Jesus said? A man had two sons. He went to the first son and said, my son, go work in the vineyard today. It's time to go. It's time to go do the vineyard work, whatever you do in the vineyard. He answered, I don't want to. He said, no, I don't want to do that. Who wants to work in the vineyard? But later, he changed his mind and he went. He felt bad. He told daddy no. Fell under conviction. He disobeyed his father. I shouldn't have, shouldn't have said that. So he went and did the work. Then the man, verse 30, went to the other son and said to the same thing. So son number two comes up. This other son says, I will, sir. So he said, put me down. I'll be there. He answered, but he didn't go. Which of the two did his father's will? I mean, this is pretty simple. One says no, 
but then he goes and does it. The other says he'll do it, but then he did not do it. They said the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you didn't believe him. Tax collectors and prostitutes did believe him. But you, when you saw it, didn't change your minds then and believe him. Now what, what Jesus is talking about here is he's talking to the Pharisees, the Jewish uh, religious leaders, and these guys represent the second son. They're the guy, the father comes to them and says, you need to uh, believe in my son, and you need to do this. And they say, yes, we will do it, but then they don't do it. They didn't repent. They didn't believe in Jesus. They said they were looking for the Messiah. They were anticipating, reading scripture about looking for the Messiah. Then the Messiah shows up, and they don't believe him. But then these other folks, the first son, represents these sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, where God speaks to them, and they say, no, that there's a season of sin in their life, but they come under conviction, and then they repent of their sin, and then they begin following the Lord. And what, what Jesus is trying to say in this passage here, and what he is saying here, is just like John. He used John the Baptist in verse 32. And that's a, he's pulling that out of verse 25 earlier in this chapter, when they asked about John's baptism. Was it from heaven, or was it from human origin? In verse 25, John came preaching repentance. That was the message. Yet, who was who repented of their sins from John? It was the tax collectors and the prostitutes. It was the people who didn't feel like they needed. They didn't need to repent. One of the great dangers, we highlighted this last Sunday, one of the great dangers of being in church is you've heard every sermon in the world. You've seen it, been there, done that. Nothing surprises you anymore. And you can be find yourself like this second son where all of a sudden you know the right answer. If God said, Jesus standing in front of you talking, you say, Amen, Jesus, I'll do it. I'll ask Jesus into my heart. I'll sign the paper. I'll do what I need to do to make sure I'm going to heaven. But then the rest of your life is not characterized by being obedient to God. Whereas these sinners here, these other people, they initially tell God no, and they repent of that sin, and they they turn to the Lord. And what we're seeing here, this is a story about confession without repentance. And the goal for us, and what the Lord's speaking truth in your life is, is this me? Am I like the son that says God, yes, I'll do it, I'll do the laundry, I'll obey you, Lord, but then you don't. There's, the, you're not saved. That's what he's saying. There, God is looking for people not with the initial answer, yes or no, but he's looking for the doer. He's looking for someone who's going to actually act on God's word. The first son, he's, he's the tax collector, he's the prostitute, who then eventually repents. This first son is saved. No matter where you're at, if you have lived a life of sin, of telling God no, 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 and then even at your point of death, you can turn to the Lord and be saved. The second son represents these Jewish leaders, church folks like you and I, someone that's been in church since they were born. They know the right answer. They tell God yes. They acknowledge the Bible is true. They might even read their Bible, but they do not repent of their sin. There is sin in their life. The Jewish leaders, the, the Pharisees, 
the scribes, the chief priests, they did not receive John's baptism. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. You turn from your sin, you turn to Jesus. Jesus even was baptized by John. Now, he didn't have any sins to repent of, but he's showing as an example for others, saying, you need to, you need to do this. I'm going to, uh, is how he kicked off his ministry of that. This parable speaks to us today because there are two groups of people. Really, when it comes down, there's two groups of folks in this, in this sanctuary here. There are those who make a profession much more than their practice. The profession, you think back, this is when I got saved, this is when I said the prayer, and you fall back on that as your relationship with the Lord, something that happened maybe decades ago. But you really, there is not biblical practice in your life. Your life does not line up with Scripture. You say the right words, you make the right promises, but it doesn't line up with your profession. Christ is looking for us that our practice matches our profession of faith. That's a church word, profession of faith. You don't hear that a lot anymore. Profession of faith means, God, I trust you as my Savior. If you say that, your daily practice should line up. When someone asks you to help at the house or help, you have all good intentions. Amen, I'll do it. We, someone does need to do the laundry at our house. It piles up if you don't do it. Then you have a lot of laundry. I'll do it. But then it's not done. That's telling God, God, I know there's a lot of lost people here in Lexington. People who are going to hell without a relationship with you. They're lost. And God wants you and I to be a part of sharing Jesus with them. And we agree with that. We acknowledge it true. We give God a thumbs up. But we don't do anything. All right? Those who reject God and later repent actually do the will of God. God is looking for that repentance. The repentance shows you're saved. You cannot have a profession without a practice. The practice is repentance. And you need to look at your life again. Do I have it? Do I have a profession of faith where I have professed Jesus Christ as my Savior and my practice represents that? I am a doer of God's Word. Flip over in your Bibles to the book of James. James chapter 1. Here's where it's illustrated very clear. James is a book of action. It's a book of faith that, takes, that take, has legs on it. Things start to happen here. And this is what it means. The Bible literally says you need to become a doer of the Word. Listen, you come to church receiving, reading, researching, remembering, and reflecting on the Word of God. It's all useless if you fail to put it into practice. Completely useless. Those who give lip service to God, church, they're not saved. We are surrounded by this. It's a new year. Probably some of you made a New Year's resolution. It's, if you're not careful, that can be lip service to the Lord. You're, you're telling God something that truly you're not going to act on. This is so important in the Scriptures. This reveals if your faith is real. We all want a real faith. A real faith is a faith that has action to it. You act on it. Think about the most godly people you know. They're, they're not just 
folks who just come to church all the time. Anybody can come to church all the time, but they actually live their faith. You see them sharing it, they're giving, they're serving, they're doing everything they can to advance the gospel. They're, they, are, they're, they have the attitudes, God, use me, I'm here for you, you alone. James chapter 1, verse 22, look at this. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. This is why I'm preaching on this, because of this Bible verse. Let, let's reread this verse, because if you, you might have missed what it said, those last two words. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Now, if the Bible tells us, if it uses that word, deceiving yourselves, that means you or I are in great danger of being fooled, of being deceived. People who only hear the word of God, if all you do is listen, receive, take in, agree, give God the thumbs up, tell God, just like in the story here, the two sons, yes, I'll go do it, I'll go work in the vineyard. If all you're doing is hearing God's word, you are not saved. You're not. You're not. That's what he's saying here. You're fooled. There's a lie. You've bought into the devil's lie. The devil's lie is you just come to church, you come to Sunday school, you hear this stuff, and you're okay. After all, you're better than most folks around here. You went to church the first Sunday of 2018. You get a pat on the back. You're fooling yourself if you think that's good. The Bible's saying here, you've got to be a doer. Like There has to be some work. If you're going to be saved, you've got to do something with your faith. It shows it's alive. Verse 23, because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like someone looking his own face in the mirror. For he looks at himself, he goes away, and he immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom, that's the scriptures there, that's the Old Testament law, and he perseveres in it, meaning he actually obeys what God says. He puts it in practice. And is not for a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works. This person will be blessed in what he does. Do you want a blessing this year from the Lord? Do you want God to touch you? Do you want 2018 to be the best year of your life? There it is. You want to be blessed by God. He is commanding us. You must move from being a hearer to a doer. You must start all of a sudden putting this into practice. Being a doer of the word doesn't save you. It doesn't save you. you know, we're not saved by works. Rather, it is evidenced that you're saved. This is it. This is how you know if you're saved. A doer of God's word shows that I'm saved. As a, as a doer of his word, you take hold of the word of God and you refuse to let go until, until you're blessed by it. You say, Pastor, how do you know you're blessed by it? Because James 1.25 says so. James 1.25 says, if you, if you put this into practice, God will bless you and you hold it till he will. God's word doesn't return void. Some of you are stagnant and stale because you have not been blessed by God's word. Because you're not doing it. You're not practicing it. You're not, there's, there's, there's no action that's taking, taking life. Now, flip back to the book of Romans. Now, here's, here's our action plan. Here's how we want to 
actually put this into practice. Many of you are agreeing, say, Pastor, you're right. I'm a hearer only. I need to be doing more. I need to be all of a sudden taking my faith to a new level. I need to be serving the Lord. I'm like that son that God speaks to, and I say, yes, sir. And then I don't do it. That's it. I'm afraid. Church, we're surrounded by folks. Church, this, I mean, this is me. This is you. We all acknowledge the Bible is the word of God. The Bible speaks truth in your life. We're saved by Jesus Christ. That's all true. That is great. And it's biblically true. It's a fact. But listen, Broadway, if we don't actually do what the scriptures say, the Bible says we have deceived ourselves. So here's how you, here's how you don't deceive yourself. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. We're going to look at the first couple of verses here. Romans 12, 1. You know, there's a difference to, from talkers and doers. There's a lot of empty talk around. Therefore, brothers, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. That's what Scripture is asking. God is asking us to do this, to be this type of person. We're going to talk about what is a living sacrifice. This is a, a living sacrifice is someone who becomes a doer of God's Word. Holy and pleasing to God. This is, this is what the Lord wants of us. He wants you holy and pleasing. The way you do it is say, God, here I am. You take me. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Do you know what's wrong with most of us? We, we read this verse here, a living sacrifice. You know, we, don't, we don't use that word a lot in, in the world of sacrifice. And a sacrifice in the Old Testament, and we talked about it last month with, uh, the, with the, uh, Bethlehem and what was going on. Remember in Bethlehem, they kept the sheep there that were used for the sacrifice at the temple just five miles north that the, the, the sheep and the lambs, they would be slaughtered there at the temple by the priest, for, and the blood would spill over the altar, representing the sacrifice and the forgiveness of their sins. That was the importance of that sacrifice. And that's why Jesus was born in Bethlehem there. The shepherds came out. He, Jesus would soon be the sacrifice for our sins. But the thing about a sacrifice is when, when you're sacrificing something, it is bound. It's on the altar. Remember when... Abraham was going to, God told Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. And they went up on the mountain. And it says Abraham bound Isaac. He was tied down. Like he's not going anywhere. And God told him to do this, to raise the knife and to kill his son as a, as a sacrifice. You know, this is the, the promised seed of the Jewish race is coming through. Well, the, the child that Abraham is about to, about to sacrifice. And at the last minute, God sent a ram stuck in a thicket there in the, some bushes and told Abraham to stop. Don't, don't kill the boy. And then there was a different animal for a real sacrifice. But he wanted to see, are you, Abraham, are you going to obey me? 
So what happened was Isaac was bound. He was probably 12, 13 years old. His dad tied him down. He was probably confused, thinking what on earth was about to happen. And all of a sudden, God switched out the sacrifice on that. But what, what a sacrifice is, a, a sacrifice is tied down. You're bound. It's a gruesome picture here, what I'm sharing. You're on an altar tied down, and you can't save yourself anymore. That is the picture that God tells for us as a living sacrifice. Lord, I'm bound. I'm yours. I have no freedom anymore. I've given up. I've surrendered my freedom to the Lord. The problem today with most of us is we don't want to be bound. You know, if you're single, you know, if you start dating someone, you're bound to that person. I mean, it's not open dating. I mean, you're, that's your boyfriend. That's your girlfriend. It's a relationship. When folks get married, what happens? You're bound to your spouse. You're stuck. You're, you're, in, a, you're in a marriage co- covenant with them. You know, the problem with teaching Sunday school is all of a sudden you've got to come every Sunday. I mean, you're bound. You're, you, don't, you don't get a break. You don't get to sleep in. You don't have a backup teacher. You're saying, what? I mean, I can't believe I signed up for this. That's why people, this is what happens. This is why we don't want to be bound. Because you're making a commitment. The reason why we don't make commitments to God is because we're God. We're saying, I'm giving something up. You start saying, I'm going to start giving and tithing. You're bound to that agreement. Say, God, I'm going to start reading my Bible. He's going to hold you accountable for that. Nobody likes commitment. Yet that's what Jesus is asking for. He's saying, being saved is that commitment. It's a sacrifice. Sacrifice is bound. They don't run off the altar. The land there in, in, in Israel, in Jerusalem, is tied down. And the priest kills it. Church, is that you? That's what it means to be a doer of God's word. Saying, Lord, I'm going to give my life. All of a sudden, I want to be bound by, G- by you. I've been running off the altar. I've been giving lip service, but I'm not doing anything about it. Lord, from now on, I am going to be this man. We're, we're giving God words, but there's no actions. You know, we all, we've heard the old adium, actions speak louder than words. That's, I mean, that's straight out of the Bible. That's what God's saying here. I'm looking for your action. And what we want to walk away this morning and say, God, what is my, going to be my action? How am I going to be bound to you? I want to say, some of, you, it, some of you don't want to join a church because then you're going to be expected to attend. You don't want to go to Sunday school because you're held accountable. Some of you don't even want to get married because you know what that means. You're, you're, you're stuck. You're running, you have a life of running from commitment. And God is saying, my people, my sheep are committed. They're stuck. Jesus does, it's It's hard to be a disciple if you just keep running off the altar. If you won't be willing to be bound. I want to tell you, if you're running off the altar, you are not a doer of God's word. You won't won't stay still long enough to allow the Lord to use you. When you're tied down, when you're a living sacrifice, that means you have lost your freedom. You're under the leadership of the Lord. And what he says, he expects you to do. 
It's, you become thus a doer of God's word. You're just not hearing. We are surrounded possibly in this sanctuary of folks who are just listening to God. Listen, listen, hear another sermon, another message. And God's saying, what are you going to do about it? When are you going to be a sacrifice? Being a Christian should cost you something. And I want to tell you what that cost involves. It means you lose your me time. It means you have to do laundry when you don't want to do it. It means you have to come to church when you don't want to go. It means you have to read your Bible. There's times, even for me, there's times you are tired. You don't want to read your Bible. You don't want to spend any time in prayer. You're just exhausted. Or you want to do your own thing. And that's great, but that's not what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Sacrifice means you're losing who you are for the sake of the gospel, for the Lord. It means it costs something. He owns your finances. He owns your time. He owns your relationships. He has your commitments. He's got you. You're, I mean, you're on the hook. We, if you, A disciple has hooks all in them. And the hooks, all the strings lead to the Lord. Because he's the one in charge of us. He's got us bound. Some of you are just too free. And the problem with that freedom is you do not become a doer of God's word. So you're doing stuff, but it's not with God's word. You're, not, you're doing your own thing. Spiritual growth comes when you say, Lord, I'm here, I'm ready, take me. That commitment involves getting saved. That commitment involves getting baptized and joining a church. God is asking for a commitment from you. He wants you bound. He wants you stuck. He wants to own everything about you. That's why this story, tying all this back, the story of the two sons, the guy that said no initially, and then repented, the salvation came with the repentance. Because he realized, you know, I'm not following the Lord. I told him no, and I need to get right with him. Then he did what the, his father wanted. Most of us, many of us, we tell God yes, yet we do not follow through. That is why James 1.22 says, if you aren't careful, you're deceiving yourself. Salvation is the, fo- is the person that makes a profession, a commitment verbally to the Lord, and puts his faith in practice. The practice confirms the faith is real. It's not a dead faith, it's a real faith. Some of you this morning, some of you this year, need to take a, a dead faith that you might have, or a faith that's dying, or a faith that maybe never was a faith, and you need to get faith and put it into practice. Or you need to take your weak faith and bring it alive. And the way to do it is say, God, I'm, going to be, I'm ready to be the living sacrifice. I'm ready to be bound. I'm tired of running off the altar. If you find yourself every January making these commitments as God, I'm going to new year, I'm going to make some promises, and then by the end of the year you're having to make another new commitment because you forgot your last one. You've run off the altar. If you find yourself, it, whether it's friendships, you might be church shopping, whatever it would be, it's just you're just going through this. I mean, next year you might be a member of a new church, and then two years another church. That is not the commitment the Lord is desiring. He wants us bound, hooked inside of us. 
He's the puppet master who owns us. Christ this new year is looking for that commitment. Are you here today saying, God, I'm ready to be a doer of your word. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, I pray for the folks this morning. Lord, I pray you increase our faith and make us a doer of your word. Lord, whether it's to get saved, whether it's to make a commitment to be a part of a church, Lord, whether it's not all of a sudden to start taking your word and putting it into practice, Lord, you speak to us and many times we do not obey. We acknowledge. We give a head nod. But Lord, we're not a living sacrifice. We're not bound by you. We run off the altar. Lord, take, take us. Take our promises and make it performance. Take our words and make it action. Lord, take our talk and become a, make it a doer. Take our empty words and put meaning behind it. Lord, we don't want to give any more lip service to you. Lord, you're looking for folks to step up and say, God, I'm ready. I'm here. I'm yours. God, we give you this invitation. Lord, this is your word. You speak to us. Lord, we just pray this year for us, as individually as a church here at Broadway, that we are bound on the altar to you. And we quit, we quit running away. We quit getting down and doing our own thing. Lord, remove selfishness from us. Remove this idea of me, what I want. Lord, it's what you want. Lord, we give you our hands. We give you our lips. We give you our minds. All of us. All of our bodies. Our, who we are. Our finances. Our, our careers. Our relationships. Our dating. Our marriages, Lord, is yours. Our health. Lord, this morning, we surrender all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to have our invitation. David Dale's going to lead us. As always, I'm standing down front waiting for you to respond. respond. We have a time of response. We close every service with this. You come down forward, make a decision, pray with me, whatever it be. I'm going to invite everyone to stand. David's going to lead us in a song. We're going to sing hymn number 544 in your songbook, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Let's sing. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will.
this coming evening, we have a worship service. We're back on our Sunday evening service. I'm going to be preaching through the book of Luke. So we'll be starting there in uh, chapter 2. So I hope you are able to come. 6 o'clock is our worship service. We also have teen kids for uh, the children's ministry for 3 years old through 6th graders. Then of our youth group, they do discipleship groups with Zach. So that's our uh, Sunday evening schedule. Certainly we'll invite you to be a part of that. Also on Wednesday night, along with our women's Bible study we have going on, uh, we're going through the Ten Commandments. We're on the Second Commandment. We meet right here in the sanctuary at 6.30, so uh, that'll be going on. We also, for our college students, we are starting a new Bible study with a former UK football player. His name is Max Godby. He spoke at last month's Men's Prayer Breakfast. He's going to be here at 6.30 on Wednesday night. He's coming to eat dinner as well, him and his wife. They'll be leading a college uh, Bible study uh, going through the book of First John. So we have an exciting week, some great things for you to connect with and get involved in. So I certainly want to invite you to be a part of that. David? Amen. Let's sing together, Blessed Be the Name. <laughs> blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. We'll see you tonight. 